This is the Drew Spirian Show, the show that's 80% combat sports and 20% everything else. The show is brought to you by three things. First, KRT, Karate Tips and Tricks, with Darren Stringer and Wesley Jensen in Europe. Bringing together minds of Kyokushin Karate, K1, whatever striking stand-up martial art there is, during these crazy times of the pandemic. Secondly, the show is also brought to you by Forever the Student, by Sensei Patrick Pinto. Picking the brains of Kyokushin Karate's greatest minds and what gets them to, to succeed in the craft they do. And finally, lastly, moments management. If you're an up-and-coming MMA fighter or pro boxer, if that's standard, moments management with Nima Safapur will make sure that you are taken care of and understand how to save your money, invest it while being a professional fighter. Today, I'm joined by a salt and earth kind of guy. I had to pause there because it's a big, this is a very important guest, I feel. It's not only going to be about Kyokushin Karate, he's going to talk about some other things too, especially with uh, the importance of the saying health is wealth, which uh, he is a huge advocate for after going through what he went through. He is a devoted father of two amazing daughters. He has helped many in the Kyokushin community to, uh, to believe in their potential and aspire to greater things. I am. He was also a crazy competitor, which he'll go into earning the nickname Psycho, as he says. I am extremely humbled and honored today to be joined by Sensei Mark Pronovo. Welcome, Sensei. Hey, Andrew. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you feeling, buddy? I feel good. Feel great. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's been a roller coaster ride the last uh, six months, but. Uh... I feel good now, so it's uh, that's the important thing, especially today. It's nice, it's cold, uh, but it's nice. At least we uh, we appreciate uh, being here, so it's uh, it's already a good thing. Really true. No, I love you. You have to really appreciate that. You know, you have to like as um as uh, my last uh, as my friend Nima said, we got to always appreciate the little things because at the end of the day, life it's much shorter than we think. Uh, it is. It is. I mean, you, you're some people take uh, some stuff for granted until something slip or something like it's, it's you, then you realize some stuff. How many times do you, you know, that 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 famous sentence of uh, some people say that you're you, you live like you, you die once. Uh, you got to live every day. But I mean, it says you, you live once. I mean, it's it's it is what it is. But you really thing about that when you really feel ill or you get a disease or someone close to you get a disease and and finally you see your life basically slipping in your hands between your fingers so this is how you realize that says well uh, something's happening there so it's life is short i mean uh like live your life and uh, do not like live your dream some of the people hangs to that they they got dreams in life but you know what? You gotta live your life, not not live your your dream. It's like you you have something to do, you have something to accomplish. You do it, and you don't you don't ask any question. You find a way. You really do. No, you find, find a way. way. You gotta you gotta find a way. I mean, it's a, the only person that basically stops yourself from doing it. It's yourself. No one else. You can't blame outside circumstances. And I really learned that during the first wave of the pandemic, where I. Um, I was really selling myself short where, uh, just a long story short, like I was working at a dead end job, you know, in a, in a supermarket, but you know, look, it was essential at the time, but I knew that I was meant for greater things. And I, my, and what was I lacking in my French? Because I wanted to get into a better job, but like, mon français, ce n'était pas le, le meilleur, c'était très brisé. 
c'est encore un peu brisé, mais c'est amélioré beaucoup. Because I really took the, like Vince uh, Mo and Corinne Laframboise really pushed me to take this intensive French course and uh, encouraged. I did it and I created the opportunity for myself. And that's what it is. You know, luck doesn't happen like overnight. It takes, it's persevering and hard work. Like you're an example of, I mean, with how you became a Sandan, like, you know, which we'll get into. So yeah, you got to really, you can't stop yourself from achieving the you you want to be. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, it's, uh, by the way, I'm a Ford Dan, so it's not to be, uh, I stand corrected, but it's, uh, you know what it's, uh, I think the only, the only, like you said, I mean, you're, you're opening doors. I mean, this is what you're, you're doing right now. Like you took some French classes and you opened door, which that's certainly going to lead you, or that's gonna, that's gonna make you a better person, I guess, or not, not a better person, but I mean, for you, it's important. I think you, you should get, you're in Quebec. So, I mean, uh quebec has two language has two language so i mean mm -hmm. it's 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 a bilingual places so yeah you got to learn those two like i wasn't really good in english i worked for for greek to, uh, basically maybe half of my life so I, i had no choice of learning english basically properly even if i was learning english in in high school and i wasn't too uh programme enrichi there like the uh the supposedly advanced but you know what now everything like netflix and everything you watch tv you put it in english That's what I've been doing with my girls, and they they, they have crazy notes in uh, in English. So that is, you, you have to you have to get forced of doing like those things. I mean, I, I'm like I'm not going to go into the politic view of it, but mm -hmm. but basically, I think important like English is as as important as as French in Quebec, and it's not because like it's not it's it's nice to have two languages here. We're basically I think we're like you go in the states, it's basically Spanish and English, but if, if you go like in North, North USA or something like that, they all speak English. Like, that's it. But once you go down, it's, 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 they have two languages. Like, it's, uh, it's important. I definitely agree. And it's not to be political, but what I love about learning French, that the doors that opened, um, and there's one thing I like to joke about this. I always say the joke. I rather learn French with a Quebecois than a France French because the Quebecois will always appreciate the effort and always encourage you and encourage you and encourage you. And they don't mind the anglicisms most of the time. But the France French, no, no. not to say a majority, like, they're like, they're like, no, 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 no. Cette français, c'est dans la poubelle. Vous dites ça comme ça. And I remember when I had my lessons, I had a Quebecois teacher and then I had a French, a France French teacher on one day. Mark. Take a guess. Which teacher do you think I preferred working with? Yeah, for sure, it's going to be the French, like the Quebecois. That's for yeah, sure. of course. We were like buds, man. He was like, he was like, uh, we were like, we were like this, like, uh, like after he saw. But uh, I love, I, I just as to take it back to what we're saying. When you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, that is when you find joy in the struggle. And that's just me. I realize I'm the kind of person that has to struggle to enjoy what I do, whether it's kumites, whether it's doing podcasts with big guests such as yourself and others, or giving speeches about battling mental illness and, you know, other challenges I've had. And yeah, I just love struggle. You know, I, I need it. It gives me joy. You have to find joy in that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You make me laugh because I'm, I'm like when you were talking about the French teachers and stuff like that. I remember one day I went to, uh, I think it was Punta Cana or something like that. And there were, there were some uh, French people out there from, uh, from France. We used to talk to them and everything. Take a, you know, take a drink, take or two, 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 like you, you start talking. And me, I got like the, the tendencies of, of talking very fast. When I'm a French guy, I really speak, like I speak really fast. And, and the girl from France told me, says, uh, speak in English. I, I'm, I'm going to hear you well, better 
than if you speak in French. Your French sucked ass. Like, it's, I, I can't really understand anything from it. I got so upset. I got no, like, are you for real? Like, to that point. But she, I think she was coming from Marseille or something like that. So they had a kind of a, a, an accent even more. Oh, fuck, man. So it says, you know what? From there, I, I, I'm not, not at all. I don't like the French people from France. But they, they're so fucking, like, they, they have that, they're stubborn. Like, I'm kind of, not, not stubborn, but they're, uh, sont, sont fraîchis un peu, you know? So they, yeah. they, they really, like, uh, they're on top of the game. They, they, anyway, so it's, for me, I, I, I'm not, 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 a, not a person, not, they're not a person that I really like to talk with, so. I know what you mean. No, like, uh, there was, like, like not all of them, but I was in the airport, okay? I was at Charles de Gaulle Airport one time because I had to make a stopover to uh, get to Israel when I was seeing some family. So I'm in Trudeau. If you speak Franglais, they're going to they're gonna help you, okay? So I'm in Charles de Gaulle. I'm like, hi. Uh, I'm like, I'd like to get a, a coffee, please. Oh, je n'ai pas compris. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like what the f- I'm like, and by the way, we can swear on the show here. I'm like, what the okay. f- I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, you got Fox News on in English here. I want a coffee. I want a coffee. I'm like, je veux un café. Oh, tu veux un café? Oh, ton français, c'est très bon. Uh, où est-tu habité? Uh, habité en Canada. Oh, quelle province? Quebec. And then she just walks away. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, fuck you. I made an effort in the two languages. So that shows me I'm open-minded and you're not. So yeah, yeah. moral of the story is, moral yeah. story is, Quebecois, the Quebec, I'd rather speak with Quebecois and French and in French or English than France French. Not to say all of them are bad, but you know, I just I love I love Quebec I love Quebecois culture lately. Since I I became more fluent in French, it's like it's like it's like I want to be sometimes I want to be like uh like I want to blend in more, but my accent doesn't do that, so it's gonna come. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're doing good. You're doing good. At least at least we can understand yourself. So that's uh that's already good. Exactly. So, uh, you know, aside from language, because the show is about martial arts and, uh, you know, about like what we're going to talk about. Uh, tell me, how did you get started in Kyokushin karate and why karate when you could have chosen, say, like boxing, taekwondo, judo, jujitsu? I mean, yeah, let's hear Mark, how Mark Pronovo chose Kyokushin. Look, I've been, look, I've been surrounded with, with boys basically all my childhood. So I, I got like two older cousins and I got, a, I got an older brother. So for me, uh, wrestling or doing judo or whatever, just for fun. I, I used to be a, a great fan of wrestling, like the uh, WWE. So I loved it. Like uh, for me, like we were we were down, like we were in the basements and like that. We always fighting. Um, so for so for me, like I was basically, it was not natural to to get into fights. Uh, Charlie Horse when I was a kid, you know, like I hate like I I always I, first of all I was the smaller uh, youngest. So I got some a lot of beating when I was a kid, but beating in a sense of like for fun, you know, wasn't really uh, I never got into a real fight and really never came back home with a black eye or something like that. So all my life, like all my childhood, I've been playing hockey. That, that's that's I'm a hockey player and everything. But I always like watching boxing, uh, stuff like that related to fights like uh, UFC when it started and everything. And you, I remember I was watching the pay-per-view UFC, like everything was so like uh, snowy because we, we didn't have, like we didn't want to pay the, the, the pay-per-view. So instead of watching uh, porn or something like that, we were watching UFC onto the, uh, onto pay-per-view. So, um, so that, that, that was it for me. So, you know what, when I, I, I be like, it was like 21, 22, something like that, 21 years old, 22. This is where I really wanted to make a change. I was done of playing hockey. My knees were bad. Um, so I wanted to try something else. 
And it's really pro luck. I mean, I, like I was living down back then, I was living in uh, St. Martin-sur-le-Lac. Um, and it's uh, near two mountains, stuff like that. So so there was a dojo open, like maybe that opened maybe six months before and everything. So I was passing in front. And I was like, uh, you know what? Let me let me see and let me check it out for fun. So I went inside and I really asked, I inquired some 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 information about how how thing was going. But I didn't know what I was like for me karate, like or Kyukushin or Shotokan or whatever it is. Like I didn't really investigate it more than that. So for me, I wanted to do karate. Like I wanted to do like for me karate was a and and this is basically the same thing as all the parents they want to do karate they don't know about kyukushin they don't know about shatokan they don't know about karate sportif or whatever it is for them karate is karate so for me i was i did the same thing at 22 years old i haven't looked into internet or something like that. so i went i walked in the dojo i asked them information and uh, that was it and i says uh, you know what i want to sign up i want to sign up i want to know if there will be any challenges because the people in there was basically like you, you know what? I was cocky a little bit when I was 22 years old, and 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 I was like, well, you know what? I'm not like there were some. I remember like the people that came up my that that became my friends. They were doing it, but they were like older person. They were maybe a little bit fatter and then like out of shape people. And that's that's just as a will it be someone of my age, someone of my strength, someone like I can compete with, or how, how does it work? So. I remember my sensei back then told me, says, don't worry about it. You will have someone that's going to match you up. That's for sure. And uh, as I walked out the dojo, they, they, I saw a guy like 6'5", walking in, 240 pounds. That guy was a brown belt. And she started laughing. He says, uh, this guy's certainly going to give you a good beating. So he says, you're, you're, you're going to be served. Watch, watch for what you like what you're wishing for. So, yeah, so I started karate and it was basically... Remember first time I did it? Oh my god, I was like so I thought I was in shape, but I wasn't in shape at all. Like I, I couldn't do even like ten push-ups when I started. Like it, you know what? Doing ten nice push-ups, I'm I'm sure seventy-five percent of the population can really do ten straight nice push-ups. Like the so you know what? It's uh you learn from it and it's you're you're I was I was looking at this guy like like maybe ten years more than I am. Uh, back then, and it was doing like uh, 50 push-ups non-stop. I was freaking out. I says, "How the hell those guys are doing 50 push-ups, and I can't even do 15?" Like I was, I was like, I was like, you put your ego aside. But but that took me a while to really take that ego and say, you know what, L learn from it, and then be you're gonna learn and you're gonna become better. But I, I'm quite sure everybody that does kyukushin or whatever type of karate, like you have to leave your ego outside. Like you have to, as soon as you cross the door the dojo leave everything outside and go there and learn that's what you gotta do very true no i definitely agree and you know like i i, I just want to take it back to where you said that you were at a crossroads where you're playing hockey your knees were done you know what position did you play well i played uh, i'll lose to be a forward uh i used to be a left wing a left winger so but I, i've played basically like at the end of my career like i always been a forward i played some sometimes defense but for me i was like a forward then after that once once i couldn't play because of the leagues or whatever i, I wasn't the type of guy that plays league the garage there or something like that at night at uh, 11 o'clock so I, I switched to uh deck hockey and uh deck hockey is really cardio so this is why i i thought i was really in, like in shape but 
but the the contact with the cement, like it's not like today. Now they have the, those uh, those tiles, with, like, the, yeah. the tiles and everything. But back then, I used to play at the uh, sports like uh, sportplex in Laval. It's really on the cement, so your back, uh, uh-huh. your lower back, your knees, and everything they take the hit. So, and I'm a type of guy like really intense player. So you run, you 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 throw yourself on the like on the on the cement and everything. So your your body takes a good hit and. I was surprised because I, I told myself, says, I'm going to start karate and my knees are bad. So, but, but actually it reinforced my knees. Like it, it became stronger because you work your, your stance, Zenkutsu dashis, uh, a proper kibadashi, because if you do kibadashi and you do it wrong, you can hurt your knees even more and more. So it's solidified. Like all, the, all my muscles surrounding my, uh, my, my knees became stronger. And, and by the same, like by the same time, I got, I got stronger and I got better knees. Awesome. Yeah, I was a, I used to play deck hockey too as we were talking off the record. Never played ice because I was terrible. So yeah, but deck hockey, I was a I was a stay at home defenseman. Like I never scored much points. Like I'd score maybe six, seven points a season in a twelve game season. So I wasn't like an offensive guy, but I was like kind of like an enforcer too because like uh, we had some star players. And you know, you know how it is in deck hockey. Some people think they're in the pros. So some days like I'd have to like be the the enforcer when the refs weren't doing anything. Like uh, I'd have to. Go in there. I had some. Uh, I had. I had some encounters with um, when I was a coach too, like with other teams uh, opposing coaches, and uh, like I'll never forget one incident where uh, it was like we were the only like. Yeah, I, I, as I said, I don't want to make this like political. Okay, so like we were an English team in a French league, and we were dominating, but we had a rivalry. So our team was called the Raiders, like the like the like the Raiders in football, and yeah. we had our opponent and our rivals were Le Pirate. So at one point, uh, we were losing one game, and uh, I remember I was coaching this game, and the ref wasn't calling anything for the other team. Like, it was it was one of those days where, like, the ref was buddies with the with the other team. So at one point, I get my team together, and, like, we're losing it. So my team is, like, they're losing their, they're losing their damn minds. They're like, what the fuck? You know, they're not calling anything. So I'm like, hey, guys, I'm like, uh, I'm like uh, they're going to, we're going to, they're going to play dirty. I'm like, go out and run them. So go out and run them. I said, I said, I'll... I'll handle it. So at one point, um, and this is the problem with deck hockey when, you know, tempers flare. So at one point, the coach sees me, and he's like, hey. He's like, hey. He's like, uh, hey. He's like, hey, uh, hey, mon, mon chum. He's like, mon chum. And he saw that I have a star of David. So, like, you know, because I'm Jewish. So he's like, uh, he's like, hey, uh, he's like, hey, uh, hey, uh, hey. He's like, maudit juif, uh, contrôlez votre chien italien. Because, like, it was an Italian team. So I'm like, what? So I was like, okay, so this is what it is. So we, we lost the game. But we showed them we're not going to take their, their shit. And then we meet them in the final <laughs> and we beat them like in overtime, like in the in the last second of, of like the of overtime. So it was like straight out of a script. So I go up to the guy like and I'm like, you know, me because I had a big mouth back then. I did have a big ego. So with holding the trophy, I go up to the coach. He's putting it down. I'm like, hey, I'm like, uh, tu me souviens? Tu me souviens? Votre commentaire vous avez fait? He's like, no. I'm like, I'm like, cette uh, maudit juif a gagné le trophy. C'est bon pour un maudit juif, non? Je suis un bon entraîneur, non? Donnez-moi le respect. Respectez-moi si je parlais en, en anglais, français ou allemand. Il s'est dit, OK, OK. Il s'est dit, oh, je me suis... Il s'est dit, oh, je serais désolé pour, uh, pour mon commentaire, mais non, tu es un très bon entraîneur. Non, but yeah, that's the thing with deck. There's a lot of idiots in there. And, you know, that's why I'm sure yeah. you, you quit. No, hockey, hockey is basically, like, I used to be a, a trash player when I used to talk. Like, I was, like, basically, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a like, my mouth, I run my mouth. Like, I run my, my feet also, but... Like I go around and I really insult left and right, but you know what? Never I have insulted anyone regarding religion or, or language. 
but basically it's a game. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you, you, you're going to make, you know, yeah, it's a very intense sport and it's, uh, but, but again, like your, uh, hockey brought me to, it's, it's, it's good, but time to move on. And, and yeah. this is where I started the martial arts. So same here, same here. Yeah. Like I got into Kyokushin and it's like, I've never looked back since I miss some days I miss hockey. But I'd rather watch it and play it and do fantasy hockey than manage a team and, you know. But uh, so what was the name of that dojo, if you remember that first dojo? Jab Dojo. And it's still open today, but the uh, I think the ownership, the, like the, the owners changed. Um, jab because there were three sensei, Judith, Judith Alain, and Bruno. So that's why they called it Jab. Uh, the three uh, first letter of those uh, senseis. And used to turn out to be a good uh, good small dojo. Like when you look at those people that came out of, of that dojos, they're basically all, not all of them, but a lot of them are with me today. I got Senpai Ivan with me, I got Senpai Jasmine. Those two guys are, are with me, Senpai Valerie too. She's, she basically followed me everywhere. So you know what, it's, uh, it's, you never know how things are gonna turn out. And I, I've been there for five years, I think, until I get Shodan. Uh, I've done some tournaments left and right. And uh, I left that place because I really wanted to, first of all, to get better as a as a fighter. Because to a point when you're 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 achieving, like you can't beat everybody at the dojo. Um, we're saying beating, but it's a uh, you need more challenge in life. Like in the, in if you want to get better, you got to fight with the better. Like that's always been my uh, my my philosophy. I mean, uh, even if I was uh, remember I was an orange belt, I was always fighting with my uh, my coach. Uh, Sensei Fernandez, like this, and I got beating like so many, like so many beatings, and this is how you learn. This is how you're. That's the best way to learn. Like uh, you, you take you take some shots, but you have to register. You have to okay, that shirt hurt, and you gotta ask question. You gotta say, okay, how how come? How how do you do this? How do you like this? That's why if you're surrounded by people that's better than you, you're certainly gonna get. You're gonna you're gonna progress so fast, and you're gonna go, and you're gonna become a better fighters very fast and especially in catas and stuff like that it, 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 everything is makes sense if you're if you're training with people that that are not as good as you your progression is going to be very slow and it's it's sometimes you're even going to diminish your, your your progression so you, you gotta you, you gotta push yourself it's gonna hurt it's gonna be tough but you all like it's only going to be benefit I definitely agree. When I became an orange belt, I was fighting at my old school, like with the senseis and uh, the showdowns. And then when I met my uh, current coach, Mohammed, that's when I really took off. Because Mo, like when I was training with Mo, I mean, we'll get into that too, uh, with how you know Mo and all that. But like, yeah, Mo was like, listen, he's like with me. He's like, I'm going to be honest. He's like, I'm not bullshitting you. He's like, you're going to be fighting killers at uh, the little gym that we have. So bringing guys like uh, Sylvain, shout out to Senpai Sylvain, who jaw kicked me. And uh, luckily, nothing broke because of my, my Jay Leno jaw and chin. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, Ashmi, Mo's brother, Igor, uh, Vinku shout out to Igor, who is a, a Russian and a killer Russian, like, yeah, you gotta you gotta surround yourself with the wolves. If you if you're an upcomer, you're gonna be a you're gonna be a weak the weakest, but you'll get stronger because of your of the who you surround yourself with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's up to you. I mean, for sure, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be. A, this is if this this is what you want. Like like we're talking right now about like about like yeah, fighting, but it's the same thing as cat. Is if you wanna if you wanna progress. If I mean, if you're always training with people of your level. You're gonna progress like very slow if you're like, and if you're always doing katas with, like all the movements and everything, shuto uh, mawashi by like everything's gonna be so well done. It's you don't like you you register, but but it's you know what each person I think it's different. Mm -hmm. 
but this is how I was challenging myself. Uh, that guy GF there, like the brown belt. I, I don't know how many times I got like I got kicked, and I, I thought one day he broke my arm and everything when I threw down my washing. Like I blocked it, but uh, it's you know what. But you learn, you learn from it, and you're, you're, you know what? I, I've been thrown into the, the like a little bit like you, I guess, like orange belt. I started that was my first tournament in 2003 at the Gold Cup, and uh, there were there weren't enough competitors at the, during the day, so they uh, no, there weren't enough competitors at the knockdown at night, especially like even now today, the, the, the knockdown it's still always you don't have much people, so. Even in 2003, there were much people. There were, uh, I remember, San, Sandro Ferrante was there, uh, Michael Zimmerman, Yannick Gallipo. They used to be the uh, the people you look at, and um, and those people were fighting at night. But because there weren't enough people, they took the, all the finals and semifinals from the the, the, the semi contact, and they put it on a tight too. So everybody had the equipments, and I, I was an orange belt first tournament, and I go at night with all the the music and. Uh, like the, the 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 lights, like I was, yeah, I was freaking out. Like I, I, and you don't know who you're gonna face with because you're you were like onto the the other local, like the other local, and everybody was stretching out, and you don't know who you're gonna fight. I mean, you don't know who's semi, you don't know who's doing knockdown. So I was panicking. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get killed. I says, well, look at this guy, and and I don't know for you, but when you look someone, you always think this guy is bigger than you, or he looks always stronger than you. You know, you're, you're, I, I was I was fighting middleweight. I was uh, 178 that, back then. I was really like a heavy middleweight. But I was looking at everybody and I says, oh, this guy's for sure is an heavyweight. And I used to fight him in the, uh, so he, he, like you always care, you doubt yourself, especially when you're an orange belt. First guy I fought was a blue belt. Then after that, I went into semifinal and it was a, blue, a yellow belt. And I bought, like I was an orange belt, says so I'm going to get my, you know what, it's all, it's mental, basically, and it turned out like I got first place in that tournament, but it's, it wasn't really, really nice fighting. Like I was like basically doing, I don't know what I was doing, but the only thing I had in mind back then when my, my, my sensei told me, says, you, you know what, hit him, it's two-minute fights, don't give him a chance to hit you, and basically things going to go well, and that's exactly what I did. I think I punched him for two minutes nonstop. I, I, I don't remember throwing a kicks uh, in the first match, but you know what? But you learn. You don't know what to do. I mean, I'm quite sure you remember your first fight, and it's it's basically awful. And the turnout came up good. But you know what? It's a it's an experience. That's it's good. My first fight, yeah, I was telling you, I fought as a heavyweight. I was an orange belt, and I had no proper coaching. I just went in there because I got because I was motivated by uh, Conor McGregor fighting at UFC 205, and then obviously Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, uh, another karate fighter who represents karate well in MMA. So I had no proper training, no proper coaching. I was weighing 210 pounds as a heavyweight, but I lied about my. I don't know if I lied about my weight. I just said I, I weigh 190, and then like the way that they didn't even weigh me. They're like, okay, sure. So then I fought a guy that was a blue belt in Kyokushin, but he had like a black belt in Taekwondo and he's done like boxing. So it was a very tough fight, but I mean, I stood with him and then I came out with third place and uh, yeah, it was, wasn't really memorable. But after that, I said, I, I'm never fighting at heavyweight again. I said, I'm going to go down to a uh, middleweight or like welterweight if there is a division. So yeah, that's uh, that was my first tournament. But I'm, I'm, it's crazy that you those names you mentioned. You mentioned shout out to Sandro Ferrante, who uh, who's a huge contribute, who's an awesome coach in person, and uh, Michael Zimmerman. So I can't believe you were with those guys and Yannick Gallipo. 
Like, what was it like watching them when they were there? Like, what do you remember? Well, look, I, look, uh, Mike Zimmerman. Like, I, I've I've seen him a few few times. Like, I think it was at the end of his career. So when I started, I'm quite sure. But you know what? Those guys, they they fight a little bit everywhere. So uh, the only place I used to see them was basically at the at the Gold Cup because I wasn't doing a lot of tournaments. First of all, so and I was an orange belt also. So I mean, and I'm not saying he was fighting that day, but I remember. Michael Zimmerman fighting like a great fighter, very technician, like a very technician fighter. Uh, and then after that, you had a guy like Yannick Galipo, like basically uh, was insane watching him fight. Like uh, Sandro Ferrante, I remember, but not as much. And I know what this guy has been accomplished in, in Kyokushin and especially now with MMA, with Firas, Zahibi. But you know what? It's... Uh, it's, it was great. I, I think it was great. Like, I look at Yannick Galipo, and I always like an hour with, like this guy. Like, the way he was fighting, even him, when they came to me and told me, he says, uh, he says I look at you, and you're, you're going to be a good fighter. I was a brown belt, and I was supposed to, uh, like, I was hoping one day I could go face toe-to-toe with Yannick Galipo, but it turned out, like, when I really got into a knockdown, I really want to do knockdown, I think it turned out MMA. Uh, the Viking turned out to be an MMA fighter, and uh, then after that, that's it. When he came back, I mean, I think he came back two, three years ago. Tried to to do Kyokushin again, but you know what? It's uh, some of the kids are, are pushing up and everything. But I was like, those guys have been mentor for me because I always watched. And you remember, like in two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five, like the uh, the UFC weren't that into uh, like no. uh, what it is today. So. For me, what I was watching basically was K- was K one fighting. Like I was watching those Francisco Filio, uh, I was Ernesto Hust, Ernesto Hust, uh, Andy Hug, and everything. Even if Andy Hug did some Kukushin, um, but you know th- those were basically the mentors. And I used to, I took some shots from from. This is how I was learning. I was watching those fights, and I says, you know what? I'm gonna try that move. And I always like during classes, I, I was I was trying some stuff and everything. And this is how I've learned a lot from, uh, I, I like, I, I think I'm a guy, I'm the type of guy that learns and says I'm watching and I'm learning at the same time. So f- that's how you become, I think, a good sensei or a good coach, whatever it is. So it's because as per experience of knockdown, I haven't done enough. I haven't done a lot, but you know what? I've been watching a lot. Like I, and, and as you watch, you learn a lot too. So, and uh, I wish I would have done more Kyokushin, but you know what? Uh, like, first of all, I started karate a little bit on the late, uh, like compared to a guy like, uh, that's, that, that start doing it when he's a kid or something like that. And he never quits, but you know what, at 22 years old, I mean, you, you learn something different. You're a man and you know exactly what you want. And that Kyokushin was exactly what I wanted. And this is how I progressed it. I think fast enough. Um, and I've learned a lot watching. So. And then after that, you try some stuff and you, you learn out of it. And, and people that does tournaments, uh, so you learn too. But it doesn't mean that because you've done some 20 fights in knockdown and everything that you're a best coach or a better. Like each each and every person is different. So that, that, that's why I consider myself a, a normal karate practitioner. I think I'm good in every aspect of it without being very, very, very good. But it's everything that, that makes you a better sensei or a better coach or a better person. It's it's the way you share it. I'm a passionate guy, so so already there when you talk about it, people wants to believe it. So that it's the same thing as if you coach someone. You have to make your fighter 
believes that he's the best person or the best fighter or whatever it is. You have to make him confident about it. So. Exactly. No, very true. First of all, so two things there. First of all, I love when you said the UFC wasn't big. I really, you know, I, I think you're a connoisseur of martial arts because, yes, you are right. Because back then in 2003, right before the Ultimate Fighter, the show, this there wasn't, the UFC was still kind of trying to break that niche sport where the the faces were Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell, but Tito was kind of out because of contract disputes, so they were trying to build it around Chuck Liddell. So, you said your mentors were also, this is where I, the second part of this, you said your mentors were guys like, say, Andy Hug, uh, Fijo, Feitoza. I mean, I could have named the whole names of K1. I'm like, I'm like a guy that has the base, the, the hockey cards of all the players and when this happened, when yeah. that happened. But um, when you watch a guy like Chuck Liddell, who was like a psycho when he fought, is this where you think you got your nickname from? Because No, not really. Not really. Now, first of all, I was like, I, was, I wasn't a great fan of Chuck Liddell. Uh, for me, like, I, like that guy didn't really impress me. The way he was fighting, but that's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. It was really good, but you know what? When you look yourself, and, and now I never compare myself to a, a guy from the MMA or some stuff like that. Like, I, I used to watch them, and I really, the only time I really got into MMA, and I'm, maybe I'm a follower, whatever it is, but it's when GSP really made, mm-hmm. like, as soon as GSP turned into MMA, this is how I really got into it. Like I, I like Matthews and all those guys. You know, you you, you progress as, as GSP was climbing the ladder. You're you're basically knowing a lot of people, and uh, you're you get into it a little bit more. So that that first of all, a guy like Tito Ortiz, like there is two way of 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 like figuring out the MMA. Like for me, when it was uh, Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock. Uh, even Frank Shamrock, all those guys, they hate each other. Like that, that was more like a kind of a, a war of, of, of bullshitting people and screaming at each other. I don't like you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to, you know, that for me, it has to be respect. Like it's yeah. when you do MMA or, or Kyokushin or Judo, you have to respect the other. And I, I don't think that though in those years, respect was really the type of what you really wanted. Like uh, you had a guy like Chuck Liddell that you look at this guy, he says, he looks a mental. Like he, that guy now is a, like how many shots did he got into a head? Like he can't really speak. And you like, he has a hard time speaking and everything. So now those days, I mean, I think it's more, it's more, it's more a clean sport. First of all, you have like, you had guys like Conor McDavid, uh, Conor McDavid, Conor McGregor. But you know what? Those guys are, now you sell, like those guys, basically they're bowling people. Like they're, they're, they they wanna they they wanna like like mouth bad mouthing them and everything. This is how they get good. This is how McGregor became so popular. Yeah, he's good, but what made me what what made him what he is today? He has like he always been like the, the first round knockout and everything. He, like he called the shot. He's a big mouth and everything. People like that. The the Americans like that. A lot of people like that. Me, I'm not impressed about that. I'm impressed about how he kicks, how he fights. And and it's 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 kind of boring how this not boring but it's a sad thing now that you see that type of guy when he wants to be a nice guy and everything he got his ass kicked again to Dustin Poirier and now he's saying says you know what no more nice guy so you know what it says I, I'm gonna get back to where I was before so I I don't know how that thing's gonna go but you can't be so inactive for so many like so many years thinking that you know how many times did he quit like I'm retiring like I'm, I'm twice. Leaving. So, I mean, you, you can do that. Those guys, Dustin Poirier, like I said, if you fought like, 
I don't know, three times last year and everything. You, you get, you got better, it got better, it destroyed. Like you won some some nice matches and everything. So you can't expect stopping for a year, year and a half, and come back and, and beat those guys. I mean, it's the same thing in Kyokushin. I mean, if you stop training, I'm quite sure McGregor was still training and everything. But but having that that the competition and doing the the tournaments keeps you on the edge. Like you have the advantage of you know as much as you do, you get better. This is how you do it. So. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm a big, I'm like, look, I love McGregor. I love the trash talking to a certain degree too. Cause it's like a show business, but I appreciate the skill. Like for me, guys like John Bones Jones, Gegard Mousasi, GSP. Well, I didn't get into the sport cause I got into it when GSP left actually in 2014, 2013. So for me, my guys were always John Jones, Gegard Mousasi and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And I think Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is the definition of what a martial artist should be in and out of the cage. You know, he never swears. He's a karate specialist, so he represents karate well, whether it's Kyokushin, Sportive, Shotokan. And he says, he's like, I, he's like, I trained 600 students. I cannot, you know, be a bad example. And I think that's what you're saying is what you're a fan of. And I definitely can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what a guy like GSP did. Like GSP did so much for that sport. I'm quite sure he's one of the first one to really uh, like be respectful to the other opponent he was uh, he was going against. He's the one of the first guy that was coming to the press conference with a tuxedo. Uh, you know what? He showed like he changed the sport in a certain way. So you know what? I think it's a good thing. You need those guys, and that's that's basically how I saw back then. Because to come back where we were started, like the mentors and everything. So do you know what? You're you really learn and you see, like you look at one guy and especially when you're an orange belt, you says you know what one day I want to become this guy. I wanna I wanna fight like this guy. You you first of all, this is this is how you really identify yourself. This is, is what what type of fighter you want to be. You want to be you want to be a puncher. You want to be a kicker. You want to be a technicianal. You like you have to work with your your force, your power, and your your good shots, and you have to identify them like quick. So me, I was a good puncher. I was a good puncher and says you know what. With my punches, I'm gonna go to that level. And but but meanwhile, you have to perfectionize and you have to work everything else. You have to work your kicks. You have to eat you like your izagiri and stuff like that. But I knew I wasn't really flexible. Flexible when they made me, when 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 God created me, forgot that aspect. Like for me, flexibility is even if I want to work it out, I want to do as much as like I think I'm gonna break in two. So for sure, you if you really want to focus on that, you you're, you're gonna do it. But for me, I don't think. And it never will. I'm quite sure you're going to ask this, that, that, this question to all my students. They're basically going to tell you the same thing. Like I always teach them, says when you want to bring a tree down, you go, you start from the bottom. So for me, Kyokushin, and you look at all those fights and everything, the Kiden Mawashis, uh, the inside kicks, the, 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 the outside, like this is how it hurts. This, this is where it's, it, it works. It works. You're going to bring a guy down. And you, especially you, know that you fought uh, one of the students I had, Mathieu Guano. And god this guy damn basically, that, oh my god and this guy basically it's you chop the tree down so that's exactly like this exactly what how i teach you brought them peter Ertz method to him so i mean that was like the lumberjack i mean and i do apologize for interrupting there when you mentioned his name i always say it jokingly like it's like a shell shock it's like oh i have to remember those like i'm just kidding matthew Guino. i love you i, I you're an, you're an awesome human being so i want to give a shout out to matthew you know you made me a better martial artist same with vince michaud and you mark you know your students that you taught they made me a better practitioner i just want you to know that there's no what people think do you have a rivalry i'm like i don't have any rivalry I really respect what my opponents have taught me. 
I really learned from that fight how to check leg kicks. So, you know, kudos to, <laughs> to you guys, bad shit. Yeah, you get lumberjack, man. You no, know, Matthew, if you ever want to run it back, though, like uh, if you ever want to run it back, um, listen, man, um, I'm open. You know, I'm I'm ready to compete again. You know, since uh, I have a, a better job now with benefits to cover the, the damage. I'm, but I don't say that disrespectfully. Like, you know, like I, I would love to like one day just even train with him because he's a stand up guy, you know, and not many people know this. He's a firefighter actually. So that's, uh, and that's why, you know, I, I respect him. He's a, he's a, he's also a father like you and, uh, just an overall great guy. Like you, like you, like the Shinka guys that you taught, like you really taught them well, Mark, you, you didn't just teach them how to be good fighters. But it's the values you taught them to, to how to be in and out of the tatami. I, look, you always try to do your best. I mean, I like it. like we're talking about me, but but the way the way I surrounded myself with the team I have today, like I have I have, I have a chance to when I when we took that that dojo, like I was basically I was 29 years old. So I mean, 29 years old, like basically managing a, a dojo because I wasn't the owner back then, and then it was like things change in the process, but. You're you're falling with a dojo with, I think well, maybe 175, 200 students. Uh, you're 29 years old, and you like you know what maturity. Like I've done so many mistakes that that today I'm 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 looking at it as, as you know what they, you, you learn from your mistakes, but then after that you have to surround yourself. This is how you you can't do it alone. You have to surround yourself with people and people that you trust you know i had the chance to have uh Xi'an paul with me this guy so great uh it's been it's been into uh basically he was one of the teacher of vince when he was uh like he was he was he had his own dojo in Latland. um so you know what it's it's uh i had the chance to have this guy with me i mean when you have a guy like Xi'an paul like basically helping you that guy is so much a soldier like he was there all the time uh for sure we were in the same spot like uh, on two terms of life this guy was a certain age uh his kid was basically grown up kids and everything so i would I, like i started the 29 like my, the kids were like i think was they were four and six maybe so it's not the same thing i mean you're 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 trying to be as much in, like dedicated to to what you're doing but it's 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 hard i mean you can be there four five six times a week and being there too on the weekend and everything. So you got to take, like, you have to be basically everywhere at the same spot. And you surround yourself with good people where you trust them and everything says, look, I can make it today. Uh, can you help me out, teach and everything? And then after that, some of the people joined the dojo. I got sent by Valerie, like when I was telling you that, that she always followed me wherever I started. Like, and then she's an amazing person. And and then after that, some just make him over. You got sent to Pierre. Can, like, you know what? And all my friends... Basically, friends that you do as you're a karateka and everything. This is how you have. This is why you gotta be friendly and you gotta be respectful to each and every person. And and this, those people usually they surround you. And and then then today we're we're a good team. We're a good family. For me, Shinka Dojo. It's a. It's it's it's. This is what it is. I mean, it's 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 a family. Now now we got Sensei Joey. We got Dimitri. We got like we have, we got so many people. So. It's great. I have a chance to have those players, like those, those sen senpai, senseis, and Xi'an with me. And it, it, it helps me create that bond with everybody. So my force, my power, like it's really to talk to them. Like I was telling you, like you have to believe I'm a passionate. So when I start talking to a parents or to a kid and everything, and it's, you see potential in them, 
you got to tell them. You have to, you, if you don't tell them, they, they, they won't know what they, how good they are and everything. So they, they, this is how you have to, you have to make them feel they're special. And, and I always like doing that. That's, it's, it's fun. And then after that, and for me, like doing competitions and tournament is so important for, for a practitioner, for a karateka. Like, I mean, it's like playing hockey. If, I mean, if you're playing hockey and you only do the practice, like, I don't see the use of, you got to play games. You have to, this is how the adrenaline kicks you in. Like, it's either a Kata's tournament or, or fighting, like the Kumite. When you do it, you become so better. I mean, because you're, you're, you're learning, even in defeat or as you win, when you lose to someone and, and you, you got to be humble and you got to learn from that. I mean, he says, okay, this guy, this is what he done. Okay, I got to work this out. You know, and if you win, like sometimes I think it's easier when you lose. You, it's easier for you to learn and as you, as you lose than if you're always winning. Like the, the first loss you're going to have if you're always winning is going to be a brutal one because you always think that no one can touch you. But you always find your match one day or the other. So, so you know, that, that, that's how I teach my people. I really like, I, I like for me and, and especially for me, I can't really, like I can, I, I, I can do it, but, but I'm, I'm, I stopped doing tournaments because I have too much to lose in a certain way. Like I have a dojo, I have a good job, I have a family and everything. So for me, it's not because I'm chicken out or something like that. It's because I've, I've chosen that path. And for me, when there's a kid going in, even if seven, 10, 12 or 20 years old, 25, when they're there and I'm coaching them, I'm fighting with them. I'm basically, I'm, I think I'm sweating the same way. My heartbeat is to the roof. Like the adrenaline kicks in, even if you're coaching. This is how you're, you're like you're, you're, like each time Vince was fighting or, or I get the like Philip or whatever the, the belt is, an orange belt, a yellow belt or whatever it is. I was so stressful. I was, I was like, I was shaking. So, and, and each time they, they were getting hit or something like that, you feel that hit, you know, and you, but this is how you're, you're, you learn from that too. I mean, you, you learn, you, you learn so much by coaching as you go in and, and you start, that's how you, I think you become a better sensei, a better coach and, and everything. So, Most so that, yeah. so yeah, this, this, it's, uh, it's, this is how I've, I've, I've built my dojo. It's basically with, with trust and surround, like with, with passion, basically passion. It's really, it's, it's really important. Yeah, most the same way. Like he's more scared. He's more nervous about his students than himself fighting. It's crazy. Like even when I was fighting Matthew, like it's like if you were there, like Mo was very like tense. Not gonna say tense, but he's very quiet. And when Mo goes very quiet, that's when you know it's like okay, he's he's think he's he's either thinking of something really deep, like pondering, or he's nervous. And yeah, I mean you know, and to take it with family too. My, I mean. I almost quit Kyokushin because of, because uh, there's, you know, I'm not going to go into that, you know, but Mo was the one that said, get your green belt, leave where you are, and then we're going to train you and where, where we are a tiger. And he's like, stay green belt for a while. He's like, it's not a rush. Do not rush to Shodan. And that's the best advice I've ever taken. And I, I feel like when I went to him and I started meeting the minds, you know, being around him, like I met guys like Shian Ray Cormier, Shian Stefan Marcotte. Uh, Vincent, you, Russo, Justin, it 
expanded my mind and it expanded my Rolodex, like in terms of how like there's not just like one way of looking at it. There's many different ways. And I really think like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, we have the one of the most rich communities. And that's why like we got to raise the bar. Like, you know, also guys like with Wesley Jensen and Darren, like, you know, they're across the pond. But it doesn't matter where we are. We all speak the same language of Kyokushin with that kanji. We're united no matter what the association is. Well, no matter where you are in the world, we all speak the same language with what we train. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So tell me about how did you meet Mohammed? I because like you know this is an interesting story. I had to ask this because you know there's a history there. I want to hear it from your words. Let's hear. It. I'm not gonna. You know what I'm talking about. So let's. let's first get of it. all, first of all, where where I come from, training. Uh, you know, I always been loyal to the organization I was with, and I always follow the rules by letter. So. For me, I always think like I, me. I have the, uh, the you know what the, you were talking about rivalries. So for me, like I don't have enemies in Kyokushin, but you have rivalries. Like you have people or you have dojos that you know those guys are basically gonna bring your your dojo to another level. You learn from them. You got the Russos, you got the Lamars, you got uh, Marcotte in a certain way, and those dojos always says, you know what. When you see them at a tournament, he says, okay, guys, those people are there. I remember back then, even like when I started to have that dojo with Mike Zimmerman, who had his own like a uh, Russian little cruise, like the, uh, like, you know, those guys, and they were high kicking everybody. He says, keep your heads, like, keep your hands up. You know, you're going to get Joe Damawashis, you know, because they, they, this is what, this is what I guess Sensei Michael was basically teaching them. And he like, and back then he was to be one of them. It's not that I don't like that guy. But says this guy, he said, I mean, and the same thing as, uh, as uh, Russo's, we're, we're like, you know what, we became, I think, a mutual enemies, but with respect. I always respected those guys, and I always see those guys as mentor in a certain way in terms of, of Kyokushin coaches and sensei, because they were doing so good with their team that you want to be and you want to establish yourself in the same league as they are. So to, come back to, to, to go back to your question... When, when I had one of my students and he told me, he says, look, I know, uh, I know Vital Padvin, which was basically one of the great heavyweight fighter also. So this guy says, I know him well. And uh, he says he wants to, uh, to, to make a special training with our two dojos, with the Lamars, Selvi Como, and with us. And uh, and back then I used to uh, we were calling Shian Roman Dojo Laval. We had two dojo. We had one in Point Claire, we had one in Laval. And I used to call uh, Shian Roman back then. Told him says, look, well, we have an invitation. Sidikamo wants to to go train with them and everything, because I'm quite sure like exchanging to a point where you're starting as a dojo, you're not there yet. So it doesn't matter if you want to bring a team and you want to go train with them. You're 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 learning a lot. So that that's why I had to do in mind. I wasn't really. A, do, a type of dojo where it says, you know what, we're, we're going to go there, we're going to spy them, and we're going to, you know, some of the people, this is how they think. So we went there, we went, uh, they were, they were, I got me, maybe we were 10 people, 10 fighters, um, and we went there, I wanted to to learn some stuff, so uh, I, like, I was, I kept, like, I remember, first of all, first time I go to, uh, what was it, on Anyways, I don't remember the place. It was at Silvis Como's place. So you go there, you walk in. First of all, the dojo is jammed. So I was like, okay, because we had to wait that the class finishes. 
And, and then after that, they leave. Then uh, some of the people stayed. You had Julie Lamar there. We had uh, Dominique Adin that came in from, uh, I think, was Chupusherville or something like that. And that's another pioneer of Kyokushin. I don't know if you know about Dominique Adin, but... I know about him. Oh, yeah. So, so this guy is basically one of the pioneer and middleweight Kyokushin. And uh, I didn't know much about this guy, but I, we had fought, I think, was, I think it was in 2008. That was my last knockdown fight. Um, then that tournament, I had Pernal, uh, Senpai Pernola was there. Um, you had uh, Dominic Adan, you had some other play, like some people from the Lamars and everything. That was a brutal, like a brutal knockdown tournament. And I lost in the final against uh, Dominic Adan. He, he chopped up my legs. Already, I was already bruised up, but he finishes my, he made sure like I couldn't walk the, the next day. So, so I saw him there. So, uh, so you know what? You had the chance to 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 learn from that. So I, I see this guy there, uh, like a tall guy, uh, Mohamed. I didn't know really know him, but he was young at then. I, I don't know how, how old he was. I think it was maybe 20, 19, 20, like in the, the early twenties. So I'll go work with him. I'll go work with out and then start doing kicks and everything. I like you know what? I'm I'm sure I I gave him a good. A good shot or something like that but this guy was giving me uh, a hard time like he was kicking like the inside kicks were brutal like and honestly not like a like the knees got a good good shot like the but, but this is like we would train so hard and i've learned so much and it, it's this is where i've i really first time i really met mo and we we kept in touch a little bit but nothing as i think we we where I really started to know Mo it was really when I started to watch him as, as a fighter. Because back then, I really didn't know who he was. Then after that, I said, oh, this guy I've trained with. So I know those kicks are basically hurting like hell. And uh, that's it. So I think he got me basically more. I got a lot of respect for this guy because the way he teaches, the way. But, but back then, I, I think he, was, he wasn't where he is today. But it gave me a good uh, good idea of how, how good this guy would have been like uh, he would become and that's exactly what happened so i got i got a taste of his own medicine at the end of the day so he's a good person he's a good very respectful and it's exactly exactly the way i like people like this guy would like made sure i was okay at the end and everything i was a certain age i was maybe 36 37 so you know what it's uh but i felt i was in my prime i was good i was training and but that was that was fun. Oh, that was a it was a fun class with uh, Sensei 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 Well, I love what you said there when you said you know he's a good guy and you know you felt comfortable around him. You know, because uh, I remember you know I always like you know give high praise to Mo, but you know I used to be around a very bad circle of, of friends. Like I had a very bad like they didn't really have my interest. They had they were very selfish. They 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 were using me and they, it's like I was like you know only there when they wanted. But when my mom spoke to Mo over the phone. My mother has a very good intuition about calling bullshit out. She's like, you know, she's like, I really like Mohammed for you. And she's like, I really hope you keep him as a friend because she's like, he's done a lot of good things for you. And, you know, you're right. You know, he's just such a good person. There's purity in him. And, you know, uh, the, and, you know, like he's taught me a lot. You know, I'm, I'm so happy. Like, it, it's like, I was at such a low point in my life where it's like, you know, I really have to credit him for like helping me get out. And when he comes on the show, eventually everyone's like, when's he coming on? When's he coming on? Listen, I'm going to say this right now, guys. He doesn't like be, I'm not going to, I'm not as, I'm not as like PR agent and I'm not like to, it's not to represent him, but it's like, he's busy. He's going to come on when the time is right. And we're going to talk about everything. But just to say, you know, 
he's the kind of guy that I that I'm gonna be friends with, like probably till we're, we're like eight, old eighty year olds with broken backs. Not him. He's gonna be like David Goggins still calling me and being like, "Hey, fucking train at eighty years old, you lazy fuck!" Like I'm telling you, our we always just like swear at each other, but it's all in fun. But he's really been there for me, and you know him, Ashmi. Um, that gang, they really are like my, uh, like my separate family in a way, you know, we, like we were really like this and I, and that's what Kyokushin is. You meet people and you know, it's the community. So there's that. I mean, look, I've, I've said enough about him already, you know, and, but you know, as you said, this is what I wanted to ask you. There was a time where Vincent, you know, doing good, you know, he's competing consistently. Came up with the decision to train with uh, Mo, who he's had a very respectable, and I want to say this carefully, it's a, it was a very respectful rivalry to raise each other as martial artists. What went into your decision to, like, how did you decide, or how did you and him decide, I want to hear from you, to say, you know what, Vince, I'm going to set you up with Mo. I, know, I want to hear what happened exactly. Look, first of all, I, I like, Vince was basically what I was back then when I was at the old dojo. Like, he, Vince is a type of guy as a type of fighter that basically, look, you know, he's a, he's a tall guy, he's a strong guy, he's a big guy. So, and my my students were basically my top students. When I think about Nicola and uh, Antonio, guys like that, they were they were young kids, but they were middleweight and lightweight. So, yeah, they're gonna go and they're gonna they're gonna learn so much in fighting against a guy like Vince. And this is how my guys became so good because Vince was there. They're basically beating beating him up and everything. But I have older guys. That's that's the thing. My top guys were older person, like basically my age. Like I had a lot. I got my cousin that's basically a year more than I am. That guy's good. But he's not gonna be the type of guy where he's gonna give Vince he's gonna give him an, a good exchange. But if Vince open up a little bit more, he's gonna he's gonna hurt him. And you don't want a 43 years old, 45, 44 years old like being couldn't walk for a week or something like that when you work the next day. You got another guy. This guy is an engineer. Uh, same thing. Like, he's really good. And then after that, you got one, like, you know what? All those guys are basically black belt, but they're older person. Like, they're near 50s and everything. But they're so good, but not to Vince's point. Vince has, be has achieved a level where even me, like, if I were, like, for sure, if I train and everything, I'm sure I can give Vince a good, a good match. But at the end of the day, I made up my choice because me, I work very, very early in the morning. I can't fight at night because I'm not going to be sleeping at night. Like I'm going to be like so much with the adrenaline and everything. I'll be tired, dead tired, but I'm not going to be able to sleep. So we have to take a, you have to take a step back. It says I'm not for exchanging dojos and everything, especially having a guy going with Mohamed, which is basically his biggest enemy in terms of Kyokushin because... He haven't win anything against him. Vince always, like, he gave him good matches. But at the end of the day, Mohamed won all the matches against him. So he says, fuck, you, you're going to go there. And he told me, he says, uh, I want to go train with Mo. He says, uh, this guy is going to bring me to another level. I wasn't for it before. Then after that, he says, you know what, Vince? I think you are, you're, you, can, you can't learn anything anymore. Like, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be coaching you and everything. But you need to exchange. You need to fight with someone of your level. This is how you're going to progress. 
And this is, this is I'm like, okay, I'll go, go because that's exactly what he sold this pitch to me. He told me he's the exact word I'm telling you right now. So he told me, he says, look, I want to progress. I'm not, a, I can't tell him no. I, I've been in the same position as him. I mean, all the people at my old dojo was giving them a beating. So he, now he's doing it now at our dojo. So even if I'm lining up 15 or 10 people, yeah, cardio-wise and everything, but he's not going to be able to really open up to his full maximum power because he's going to hurt everybody. So this is what you, you don't want that. You don't want people coming in the next day says, well, you know what, uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to want to come anymore because Senpai Vince hurt me or whatever it is. Uh, he would crack my rib. or So you don't want that. So to, uh, to avoid that, you got to say, hey, okay, Vince, here we go. You, you want to go train with Mo and learn and this is how things happen. I mean, you have to you have to acknowledge one day that says you, you can't not not teach him more than that. But you, like guys like Vince, guys like Mo, guys like Vital Padvain, guys like those big guys, you don't like they're very, very few into the Kukishan world. So if you want them to help them progress, you have to fight and you gotta train with the best. So this is how I think. I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure about the lightweight, the middleweight, because I'm quite sure like there's some people that can that can be there for you in the dojos. And this is how things are going right now. I, I'm quite sure like too many people are training with each other and have that 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 old school maybe mentality where if you train with your enemy, you're gonna fight with them eventually in a tournament. It's not gonna be the same. It's not gonna be that 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 intensity that that you, you know what it's it's your friend. So you're gonna go there. You're going to, like, even me tomorrow, I mean, I'm going to go toe-to-toe with Mo. It's going to be hard for me to really put the switch to, says, well, you know what, I want to kill you. Like, basically, this is the mentality you have to, to think when you fight. Like, you're not going to kill him, but you have to have that mentality where, is it me or it's you? I'd rather it be you that's going to go down instead of me. This has always been my mentality. So that's why I told Vince, I says, okay, go and learn, and that's it. So, but he always been... Like he's been okay. He went there, trained, and everything. And we 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 gave him his full support. We we, we did fundraising for him to go to China. I, I maybe not like I couldn't do, and I I wish I could, but I couldn't be there as much as I wanted for Vince. Like I couldn't travel with him. Uh, like I had a school to run and everything. I had a job. I had this, and it's not a. You know what? I'm mean, to a position sometimes where I, I I can't leave, and it's just, you know what? I wish I do like all those guys around. Sean Roman, Sensei, Russo, or whatever it is, they go around the world and they travel. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't do it. That, 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 that's maybe one thing in my life that I have regrets. It's, it's, I couldn't be there as much as I wanted for Vince. But at the end of the day, his progression in Kyokushin or is the way, the way he fought and every, like he trained with Mohamed and, and he became a better fighter. I mean, it had to happen one day. I mean, you, you, you can't keep your, your, your horse... And if you feel like you're, you want them to be better, you have to get, let them go sometimes. And it, it, I think it's a good, uh, this is how you have to see things. It's hard. Really, it's hard. It's hard to let go your, 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 your horses. But if you want them to get better, you have no choice. Exactly. No, very true. I mean, like when I was, when I was at my old school, like, I don't give a name. I got that guy. Just like, yeah. But like, they're like, when they found out I was training with Mo, they were like, no, 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 no. They're like, you can't do that. You can't do this. Like, they were kind of like subtly saying, like, there's going to be consequences. But then I remember someone came to my defense and said, hey, 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 listen, true martial artists 
learn from everybody, regardless if it's their opponent or if they're dojo. You cannot grow if you're not going to learn from someone else. And I remember when I was learning, when I was getting my ready for my middle belt uh, passage, my green belt, and Mo was telling me, like, I'm throwing you in here with the killers, bringing Igor, bringing Sylvain, bringing his brother. Fucking Ashmi. I love you, Ashmi, but... Uh, Jesus Christ, Ashmi, it's like it's like fighting it's like fighting a mix of Yoel Romero and Vitor Belfort. Like just he's like he waits, he waits, and then he just opens up in on you. And it's like Jesus. But good guy though. I love him, especially Sylvain. And yeah, you really have to like learn from others, especially uh if you're going to progress in this art. And I love what you said there. If you want your horse to succeed, you can't keep them in the same stable. You have to put them in other areas to see how they grow. Yeah, and uh, that that's I, I've never you know what it's you don't want to lose a guy like that because he was basically my right arm in terms of our tournaments. If I couldn't make it to one tournament, I was sending Vince because you know, like I know he was basically thinking the same way. I, I've, I've I've coached him a lot. He saw me coach. He, he helped me uh, with some classes, so you know exactly how I teach and everything. So he became a little bit like a little me in terms of teaching. So. I wasn't really like I knew my 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 team, my people were in good hand. Where I where you don't want to, it's to to build another family inside of a family. I'm I'm like a click kind of. You don't want that. I had that I had that experience before when when I, when, I, when we opened up the dojo in the beginning. Like I had one of the guy that that started to make another click inside of a of a. Anyways, first of all, you see association organization even in Quebec. That there's association, there's click inside of the, the. I hate that. I hate that. You gotta be, you gotta be one. You gotta be unity. You, your dojo is one. Uh, you 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 can't be two people. You can't have two faction. So I didn't want to have that. And then you know what? It's 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 this is like I believe into unity and everything. So so I knew Vince wouldn't do it. So it's uh, I was safe. So I was okay with it. So you know what? That's uh, that, that's how you. And you know what? You have to start giving back if those people. Because my goal, I wanted to have like small dojos under under Shinka, basically. So you know what? Having for me, this is what Kyushin is. It's like religion or whatever it is. So when you have good people and everything, you want to spread. You wanna you wanna open up dojos and everything. This is what I always wanted to do. So I thought eventually Vince would be able to open up his own dojo one day, and I'm sure he will. But you have the other people that you know what? Sometimes you're becoming a black belt. You're a showdown. And some of the people are going to stay showdown, and it's okay to stay showdown. Got no problem with that. It's not because you're showdown, you're no good, but you have to get involved. You have to be so to become a sandan, then you have to show a little bit more. You got to start teaching. You have to help. You have to. Uh, this is what Vince did, and this is how people are doing at my school. And then after that, if you want to be a sandan, you have to do a little bit more. And if you want to be a forward, then eventually you got to have to own to to have your own school. You have to. There's no way for me. Like to achieve those rank if you're if you're not having a school like like you have to have a school and this is how you're gonna get bigger you're gonna get stronger so this is what I had in mind and this is what what I still have in mind I want to open up small dojos left and right doesn't mean you have to be 150 students or 200 students you can only like have have 10 20 people under you into a sound community or whatever it is or a gym and you but you at least you're a sensei you're you're teaching people. This is how you're gonna get better. This is how your 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 sport's gonna get better. Your discipline's gonna get better. This is, I think, it's one of the problems that we had. 
I understand. So, you know, now taking it away from karate, um, because I did want to make this episode about health awareness. I don't really, I couldn't really uh, formulate a good question to word this because it's such a very heavy topic. But please tell us what you've experienced and uh, what the, the, the biggest battle of your life has been like to date. Well, look, we, we, we've talked about I always wanted to do knockdown and things, but you know what? Things in my life turned karate came up second in terms of uh, as far as alpha. Like when I was in my prime, I was like at 27, 28. I was going to Ukraine a little bit like what Senpai Vince did and everything. I was I was under Shan Roman's tutelage back then, and he told me, he says, Look, I want to bring you to the world championship. I was a black belt, I was a showdown. I just uh, joined Shan Roman's schools in Point Claire. Uh, Sensei Joey Reda's dojo. So I was with them and everything. Started to do Kyokushin. I was training hard and everything. And I had a lump in my uh, my neck. Like I felt I had uh, something in my neck. So I didn't know what it was. For me, it was a cyst, nothing more. Uh, I had signs, I guess, of uh, of, the, of a disease. But I always, like when you're doing Kyokushin, you're hard on yourself. Like you're, yeah, okay, you're tired. Yes, okay, normal. I'm training like a beast. I'm doing this. You always have a def- like a, a defect. I don't know if you say that. You always have an excuse. So, turned out that that lump used to be a lymph node that was uh, six times bigger than an original one. So, I had something. What, what, what it was, I didn't know, but it was either Hodgkin disease from what my family doctor told me. says it was either uh, Hodgkin disease, uh, HIV, uh, hepatitis, 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 hepatitis. So, so I got something. So I had some blood tests and everything, and I got diagnosed with testicular cancer. Um, basically, bad enough. It was a stage four, but uh, like I mean, there's so many. Like you, you, you're 20, 28 years old, and things are going. First of all, fast enough when you learn them the, the the news. You says, okay, you're having a cancer. But basically, they're, they're telling you, says, you know what, if you have a cancer to have, I think it's, it's that's the one to get because 98% of the population basically, uh, like, cure this cancer. It's, it's a curable cancer. If you have to have a cancer, this, it is testicular cancer for men. So I said, okay, so I had this as another battle. So at 28 years old, I'm single, I have a house. I'm basically thinking I'm going to die tomorrow. So I go through chemo. I had nine weeks of chemo to do. And turned out the chemo did, did its job. So I, I basically, like, I beat cancer for the first time in uh, 2008. And then after that, things changed. I, become, uh, I became, I became uh, like a father, like I met my wife. Uh, and then after that, you know what, it's, things changed for me for the best. Then after that, I opened up a school. Things were good, blah, 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 blah. Until, like, we had the first, first problem we had was that COVID in March. So... I think to deal with COVID in March, like you're, first of all, you're not training as much. Like in the beginning, like people are, like now they're, they're basically on Zoom. They're basically doing their stuff. They're training at home. They're doing, you, you find a way to, to become normal again. But in March, nobody really knew what, what to expect about that virus. So I was kind of, uh, you know what, I'm, I was kind of drinking every day. Nothing to get drunk every day, but you take a gin every night. Uh, you watch Netflix. You have kind of small break and this, but I wasn't really feeling good. Nothing to be really, really sick, but I wasn't feeling good. And um, 
and I had no cure. Like, uh, like, and I went for a follow up with my doctor in May, and uh, she called me up. Says your uh, your beta HCG level is high. I says uh, it's either you're you're pregnant because it's the same, it's the same protein, it's the same test they do onto a pregnant woman. If you want to know if you're pregnant or not, they they pass that test. And for a guy that had cancer, especially that type of cancer, they pass you the same hormone test. And it turned out that I was at 2000 uh, instead of being at zero. So my level was really high and uh, my cancer came back. So it came back in May 2020. So that year was already a shit year. And now it became another fucking shit year. It got worse. So find out that in mid-May, I turned out to have a cancer came back so uh, so now you have to go through another another challenge in life where that's the first really first time I saw says okay that's no good like having a recidive of cancer at my age first of all when you have a recidive the cancer usually it's always five years prior your 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 first cancer after 10 years when you're supposed to be fully cured it's really it's very rare so it has been 13 years since I got that cancer. So for me, that's how my doctor really says that it doesn't make any sense. So for 13 years, you've been you've been okay and everything. So, but but I guess being in shape, being helped a lot. Like uh, th- this is the first thing they always said when I got that cancer. It says you know what, you're you're young and you're in shape. So you know what, I'm sure you're gonna get through it. We can't really tell you the pronostic, how it's going to turn out. Or are you really going to be able to to get totally full, fully cured? But you have good chance. At least, you know what? You're in shape. You're an athlete. So you have you have more chances than, than a guy that's certainly at my age, 42 years old, that smokes and, and drinks every day and everything. So chances are in your favor, but it's going to be tough. So it's going to be tough, but to what level? I mean, uh, I didn't know what to expect. For me, I did chemo once. I don't really remember when I was at 28. I don't remember going through all the stages of of suffering and being. Uh, I know I've beat it, and it was okay. So I was ready to go into chemo again. I, like I, but the chemo this time was really different because the first treatment they gave me didn't really work. Even if it worked for 13 years, it's a failure. Basically, it's a failure because it came back. So they had to go with something a little bit stronger. And when you say a little bit stronger, it'd be, it was it was brutal. Like I had to go, it was four cycle of three weeks, which the week of chemo, I had to stay at the hospital for uh, five days straight. I had to sleep there and everything. And I was receiving chemo nonstop for one full week. So you can imagine like my body really, really changed right away as soon as the first week ended up like I, I came in I came back home on the first week like totally devastated totally dead and for the the other 10 days I had to get some uh, some shots in my stomachs to to help the the white cow cell and everything to get better which that wasn't easy either so for for the the two first week of that protocol was really really tough even if you're home and everything you have no power couldn't couldn't go down the stairs um, I saw my, 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 my muscle mass really decline like very, very fast. Even if I'm a positive guy, like I couldn't really believe what, what was going on. And, and then after that, you had some stuff that really went bad. But it's, look, I survived chemo. And then after that, in, in mid-October, uh, I finishes my, 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 my chemotherapy. Uh, chemo worked. My, my, everything came back clean and everything. No more trace of... 
of uh, no, no more sign of cancer inside of me, but that was the, the basically the blood test. So because they had touched my, my lymph node in my stomach, they call it peritoneal uh, lymph nodes. They had to take off everything. And they, 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 they brought me on the operation, uh, operation table at the end of October and they made, they made a major surgery where they had to cut me open from my sternum to the bottom of my belly. They cut me in two. They, they, they took off all my intestine and everything. They had to go in a seven-hour uh, operation to remove all the lymph nodes I have that was touched by cancer. And they sent it to the pathologist and everything. Everything came back negative. So there were no more trace of cancer and everything. And uh, then after that, you have to rest and you have to heal up and you're the hell for the first first month I, I guess november was shittest month of my life it was tough but uh since december it's it's okay it's getting better in january and everything and now i'm working a little bit more on myself the, the scar is still there there's still some i'm still tired and everything but you know what at least every day i'm seeing an improvement and the good news came in on thursday uh that i'm uh, in fully remission so i'm i'm, I'm into the so it's the healing process now that for 10 years, another 10 years, I'm going to be into remission before really being totally healed, which I hope it's going to be the case. So that, that's that's my story of uh, the other battle. So, yeah, the, the knockdown part of Kyokushin is basically you, you, you fight every day. You fight when you do Kyokushin, you fight and you're having fun fighting. But that that the Kyokushin brought me like I'm a warrior in a certain way. I'm a champion in terms of, uh, you know what, I've beat cancer now for two times, so uh, hopefully that's going to be the last time, but Kyokushin brought me that, to have that, that fighting spirit that I have, like never, first of all, never let your guard down and always be in shape, and that's it. So for me, Kyokushin helped me, I think, battle, beat that cancer twice. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's, I really see a lot of uh, what my uh, dad, uh, went through because like i lost him like seven years ago and it's like i'm trying to fight the tears back because like what you just said it's uh it's like i miss him and uh it's like i really i really saw what uh he went through and uh like what you're saying it's like it's beautiful and like i really hope people see this and i really hope that you recover because uh no one should ever go through this and uh to your wife you know i don't know what her name is you know what to Miss Pronovo, uh, you know, you're a real trooper because it's, it's tough and uh, to just go through that. And it's, it's the biggest fight, you know, it's not about, it's, it's like the biggest trophy is just hearing that you heal. And uh, that's why, you know, health is wealth, man. You know, just take care of yourself always. And if you have any, like, I'm telling this to everybody, like, cause you went through it, I went through it. It's, uh, it's, uh, if there's any pain, like, you know, like if someone says, hey, I have a strange pain, like, see the, don't listen to your doctors. Go to the hospital. Go to the hospital, man. It's like, just take care of yourself because you don't know. So, no, yeah, yeah. You know what? You got to be, you got to be surrounded by good people. Like, it's, you know, how tough it was. Like, I, like, you know what? For you and everything, you're like, you're, even if you lose, like, you love someone and that that person feel like doesn't feel good or whatever it is. And you got diagnosed with cancer or whatever it is. The disease could be a mental. Like I saw, I listened to one of some of your your podcasts, and you're talking about some mental 
disease or some 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 mental issues that you had or some people had or whatever it is you know what you got to be there you got to be you got to listen first of all you got to be present for my wife i could like she she's a trooper i mean she was she was there all the time like taking care of the kids we had issues we had the covid situation on top of that you know what i had cancer into a covid situation so she couldn't come and visit me basically so I was left alone into the hospital. She was coming at night and everything, but she had to wear a mask. She had to do this. But when I got operated, she couldn't be there on my side. So I was alone for seven days at the hospital, totally alone watching a fucking TV. Uh, So even if I wasn't really ill properly, I came back home and I went back again to the emergency at night because I puked everywhere. Like I couldn't, but, but your mind plays tricks on you. You want to be with your family. You want to be with your, your loved one and everything. And, and again, with the family, the Kyokushin family, like the support I had from all my students, the parents, like everybody was writing me, they, they, they feel sorry for me and everything. You know what, you're, and, and testimonials from those parents that basically you changed their life. So you know what, now you're, you're on the other side, you need help, you're, you, need, you need messages. You're, you're, even if I, I wasn't really giving news, I step away to a point, I mean, you, you can't, Takes back to everybody. You you need you need to to take a step back and and you need time for your your yourself to yield up and everything mentally. It's hard to really say the same thing over and over again. People says, "How do you feel?" Just, you know, and you get frustrated. Says, "How the fuck do you think I am? Like I have no more hair. I'm suffering. I can't go to the toilet anymore because I'm I'm constipated because of the chemo. And once it get up, once it gets out, it burns like fucking hell." So you know what? This is stuff that you're stuck inside. Yeah, you really can say to everyone, you're you're hurting, you're hurting alone. But you have your family, you have your wife, you have your friends. Uh, I have my five top friends. They always inquire news and everything. And you get you get solid. You like you know what? This is how you really see who your friends is, who yeah, your friends are. Your, who your who who cares a lot, you know? And and sometimes and and honestly, some of the people cares for you. But at the same time, you have to put a stop to this. You have to to limit your 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 circle. You you can't be. Some of the people wanted to have some news from me and this and that, but I, I shut them down. Not because I don't like them. It's because I can't I can't talk to each and every person. So my close friend stayed my close friend. Like they really, but they 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 were there all the time. And some people pop out of the the, the place and became friends that I didn't know. So you know what, in, into disease or into sickness or when tight, when things are not really good, you see some, you see some friendship coming out of that, and you get a better person. And you, this is how your 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 circle gets bigger, and 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 this is how you see. There's something like I'm I'm opening up like a quote. I was at the hospital, first I was receiving chemo, and all like I got one of my sensei, like I got I don't know who. who uh, could it be Val or Pierre, whatever it is? But I received a, a book, uh, an album with uh, some four pictures of me with their kids or with their, uh, with them during their process of Kyokushin and everything where, where they were. I couldn't read it. Like I'm a proud guy. For me, crying is not is not an option. But I, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I, I, I cracked. I totally cried. I couldn't I couldn't read. I was reading, watching the things, and says, "Hey, Sensei, with everything you've done with me, you brought me. I'm a better person today. You believed in me. 
you pushed me, all those words. Fuck you, forget it. I cracked. And it took me three weeks to reopen that book and to really watch and, and, and read again all the messages that I have from everybody. Because love hurts. I mean, when, when you know you're sick and you're receiving love from everybody and you really can give back, I mean, you're stuck in, in that fucking cancer shit. You're stuck. You don't know if you're going to get through it. Now I know that I'm into remission, but like I never felt so weak. I never cried in front of anyone, but my wife saw me cry. I don't know many times. I was afraid of dying. I was afraid of, of not coming back to where I was before. Now I have a scar and they're like, I'm sure I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be able to fight again. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to receive a shot anymore, uh, a punch or whatever it is. I'm sure I'm going to define that. I'm sure I'm going to be able to do it because even now I'm doing some Shanti training and everything like it was before. And I'm doing the training with my, my friends, Martin, but, but you have to push yourself all the time, even if you're sick, even if you're, and that's my little battle. And I'm like, I'm, I'm training, I'm trying to get back to where I was before I'm fucking suffering. It's tough. It's brutal. My calf or, 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 but you know what? I'm alive. It hurts, but I'm alive and it feels good to hurt. And being alive like that, but it's 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 tough, man. It's it's really really tough. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember like when uh, my dad passed away, and uh, it was like you know I'm just saying this from someone like who's lost a loved one to it, and it was like right before my final semester, two semesters of university, and they were asking me, they were like, and they were like, uh, and I take this with life to me because when people tell me I can't commit because you know I can't see you because you know it, it's like it's like guys, it's like. I, I lost my father like a week before university and they were telling me, yo, you have the right to, to delay the semester and take, but no, it's like, I, I went in, I, I fought even with like not having like at the time, like look, I had friends, but it wasn't like what I have now. Like, you know, and I just think, you know, what you learn from cancer is like, it's like, I, it's like, I don't want to hear it. If you have excuses, like, you know, the excuses are out the window. Like you find a way to do it or fight. Oh, I didn't want to come. I couldn't come to next. Like, I wanted to fight with my girlfriend. Oh, you know, it's like I don't want to hear it. It's like it's like I don't want to hear it. And for those who want to know, yeah, when my dad, God rest his soul, Tom Michael, passed away on August twenty seventh, twenty fourteen. I had a choice to give up and find excuses, or you know, persevere and uh, and I and I chose the next day to say I'm going to school. I'm gonna fucking do this. It's not gonna be easy. And it doesn't matter about the grades. It's about getting through it and just getting the degree. And, you know, it's like you say with Kyokushin, you find a way. That's the thing, you know. As I mentioned, I don't want to make this moment about me, but I just see so much from you that I could take and I can relate to it. Because it's just, you know, everybody's different, but it's like, it's it's hard. But you're going to find joy in it. As you said, you find joy that you're alive. And even in that hard time, it was like, I, I met so many crazy things happened like in that period of 2014 to 2015 it was like i look back at it like with a fond memories because it's like you just see how much people like are telling you you know you're a fighter and you know i i really held my emotions in like i was really trying to make it look like i was okay always but it's like you know that's why i talk about mental illness like i mean that culminated into like what happened and it took mohammed chick to come into my life to say you got to get help for what's going on because yeah. he's like, I, I hate seeing you like this with what I was doing. And um, that's why, you know, c cancer is the worst disease ever. And, you know, it's like 
it's not just what it does to their loved ones, what it does to others too, like around you. Like, you know, your wife's a trooper. I mean, I can only imagine how hard it was for your daughters. Yeah, that, 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 that too. I mean, and then on top of that, with the, uh, the crisis of the COVID, like they had to be, you know what, it's already, it already sucks being stuck at home with the COVID when you're teenagers. Like we're, we're talking about parents. For us, parents, COVID, sometimes it's a good thing because you're, you're, your kid stays home. You, you got an eye on them. You, they don't go around. They don't do stupid things. They're, but for a kid that doesn't go to school anymore, uh, they, 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 they don't dance. They don't play hockey. They don't do dancing. They don't do skating or whatever it is. And they're stuck home. They can't go shopping. They can't receive anyone at home. And especially for my daughters, it became a little bit more even tougher because I was so, my immune system was so down, like it was solely zero. So I didn't want to cut COVID. That's, that's for sure. If, if I catch COVID on top, like on top of that, I sign my, 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 my death, like uh, if you need, I, I would be, I would be dead already, but, but they were so good. They were like, they, they understand like it, it's, you know what, for a 15 years old and 17 years old girl, you want to go out, you want to go with your friends, you want to go with your boyfriend, you want to go shopping, you want to go to Carrefour Laval, you want to do things, you want to go to the restaurant, but you can do it. And on top of that, you cannot bring anyone at home because your dad or your stepdad or whatever it is has cancer. So it was tough for them, but they, they did it like champs, like really troopers. My wife was there. She was freaking out when, you know what, it's, it's, it's hard. On, like being sick on those, like with that COVID, it's tough. And that, that fucking COVID, it's already a pain in the ass. And on top of that, when you have cancer, and on top of that, we have, you know what, it's, it's, it's just like, okay, enough. But, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's, there's no time for you to be sick. So when I hear you talk, you have to grieve, you have to accept my, like, I, you know what, I, I didn't accept it in the beginning. Then after that, you have to accept you're sick. You have to accept that you're certainly going to need help. Uh, when I was into the biggest prime of my cancer, says, you know what, I'm going to go see a shrink to tell him, says, I have, I have fucking issues. I'm afraid of dying. I don't want to die. I want to, I want to live, but you have no control about what's going on. Uh, so there is help for that. There is support. You need to get that support. And especially when you're, 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 you lost your father in 2014, you need to grade it. You need to, to accept it. You need to move on. You can't, there is protocols. You have to st- follow those steps to really heal and to really take care of yourself. I mean, yeah, your dad's not going to be there anymore, but he's inside of you. And the, the, what, what he gave you as, as a, you know, what he's he passed you as a, it's inside of you now. So you use Kyukushin as devotion and you want, this is what you want to do. Each and every person is different. So for you, when you said that your, your girlfriend left me, I got into a fight. I don't want to come. And it's okay. I mean, you do what you feel. It's all right. Each and every person is different. But what Kyukushin is a real practitioner of Kyukushin, there's only one speed. It's always like forward. Like you have to go like a, like a horse. Like you're, 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 you're not seeing anything anymore. You're doing Kyukushin. I'm fighting like that. I'm training. It's hard, but it's going to become benefit at the end of it. Like a real Kyukushin practitioner is going to feel the difference. You know, if it, when, when there is things like that, death, cancer, disease, or whatever it is, it's going to make you, it's going to make you better and it's going to help you pass through those, those tough times. But yeah. you weren't sick. You were sick. Like you had some stuff in your life and everything. You lost your dad and everything. 
But when you have a disease and you're fighting for it, you're like people sees you just, you know what, that the, the, the famous, the, the fucking phrase where people were telling me, says, well, you know what, sensei, you've beat it once, you're going to beat it twice, no problem. And I was receiving chemo, yeah, no problem, my balls, like it's, it's you know how tough it is. Like the first time wasn't that bad, now it is fucking bad, you know. So, you know, it's, it's different. It's another battle. It's another time. It's, it's, but at the end of the day, I'm lucky. Like, I'm, I'm lucky. I worked hard. Like, I kept pushing and everything. I, I yield up. But, but some of the people will not have that chance when you think about uh, that actor from uh, the Black Panthers. Like, that this guy died from colon cancer and everything. At 42 years old also, same, same age as me. So you see this and says, wow, man, that's, that's, that's not fair. That's not cool. Like, I was at his prime uh life life bro it's life you you have to live every day like you die yeah. once but you live every day so remember that exactly it's like the saying goes when you know when charlie murphy who also passed away from cancer uh, eddie murphy's brother it's a famous uh quote i keep in my phone always never take life for granted and never take people for granted because you never know when it's going to be your last or their last so that's why like i do this podcast it's not as i mentioned you know I mean, take it back again. Like when I had my, he's like, I'm now my friend already, but he's like uh, the, the guy that the Moments Management founder, Nima. Like I told Nima, like I said to him, I said, I don't care about likes. I don't care about plays. I don't care about who subscribes to my channel. It's, it's, it's white noise. It's about making a difference with what martial arts can do for people on a global scale. And that's why I do this show. And you know what? Like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it's like for me, it's only one way forward, forward. And there's days, you know, you're going to have tough days where you don't want to do it. Like, there were days like I remember when I was getting my green belt with what was going on in my head mentally and getting the help finally while trying to do it. It was tough. Like there were days like I wanted to tell Mo, no, I don't want to come. But I kept pushing and I had to. The 430, like and everyone who says to me, like everyone who says to me, like, oh, what's it like fighting? You know, everybody wants to to do martial arts because they see it on TV. And then when they do a tournament, they give up right away when they see the training. It's going to suck. The 4.30 a.m. wake-ups, you have to do stair runs, you have two jobs, you have to try to balance. But it makes you a better person, and you understand, you, you really see, like, how much we can go through. Like, you know, like, like if you put your mind to it, moving forward, you're going to find ways to succeed. Yeah, you can move mountains. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's you know what, the, the, the mental states... It makes you push harder. Like, when you do Kyokushin, like, that, that's basically... Well, what fusion? It's it's determination, perseverance, passion. All those all those words make sense once you really, really, really live it. Like as an orange belt, you don't know that. As you progress, you start to know. It says okay, man. It's uh, but when you have a, a sensei or a teacher that tells you basically you have to live Kyokushin, and that's what you're trying to do when you're a sensei or whatever it is. So you know what? We we, we can't compare to each other. We all have our positive as part of Sensei, whatever it is, and why a dojo is more successful than another one. We're all good. We all basically teach the same way. If you're really Kyokushin, you're you're good because you've you're understood some stuff that other style, the make dojos that they don't understand. They're therefore doing money. Me, honestly, I have a work. My my job is not doing Kyokushin every day. It's 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 yeah, I have a job. My other job is being a father. And you try to combine everything together. And it's it's not tough, but it's you have some you have to take some decision, and and that's why when I had I got diagnosed in May, I've decided to to let go Kyokushin. I says okay, I'm I'm I have to, I have to step aside. I have to walk off. I have to walk off a little bit and and see what's going. I can't I can't teach anymore. I've I've done. I gave 
I gave what I have for Kyokushin. I gave, but I have to focus on my, my family. My family is always going to be there. My kids, my wife, uh, my parents. I got, my, my parents are both alive and everything. So you know what? I want to pass moment with them. I want to pass moment with my friends. But then after that, bro, it's, 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 it's easy to say when you're sick and you got like, you don't know how that, how things going to go. And now that I'm healed, I mean, I'm healed. Like I want to get back into Kyokushin, uh, the family and everything. Like it's, I never really left in a certain way because I always stayed, but, but I had to take a, I have to step a, take a step back. And this is why the other person took charge of Shinka and everything. But the, the, at the end of the day, we haven't done anything now because of the COVID. So we have Zoom, we're teaching left and right. They're teaching uh, to five, six, 10, 12 people, it's, but it's not the same. Me, I like, like, some of the people are saying it's it's the same. You have no excuse of teaching, but it's hard. It's hard because me, I like the physical, the exchange with people, the passion. It's hard to give passion when you're in two Zoom. You know, it's hard to correct someone. It's hard to to touch someone. It's, this is what I like about you, Kushin. It's to exchange and to live the uh, the, the the sweat, the scream, the, the the passion. So it's 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 hard. I can't wait for it to to start to come back. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to teach as much as I was doing before. I doubt it. But I'll, 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 I'll still be doing Kyokushin because Kyokushin is going to be there for the rest of my life. But to what level? I don't know. But, but at least it saved my life in a certain way. I'm going to fight it off. And I'll, I'll still be involved with Kyokushin no matter what. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to take care of. When I, when, when I got sick and everything, we decided to, to leave the organization. So now we're kind of nomad, a little bit like you are. So we're not affiliated with anyone anymore. So... It's 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 a new start. When when that COVID is gonna go away, it will eventually. It's gonna be a good start for us, like to really step take a step back, like I did. We're gonna take a step back and we're gonna evaluate all the thing. What's good for us? What's no good for us? Do we keep going the same way? What do we do? So it's a. I can't wait for uh, COVID to really go away and really first of all see my friends, see my family, uh, hug them up and say the people that I've missed and loved for so many times now to really do it. But Kyokushin, the parents and everything talking about that because eventually I'm going to talk about the cancer and gonna, I'm not going to laugh about it, but I'm going to be, I'll try to help people, that's for sure. And, you know, to become a better person. I, look, first time I got cancer, I was a pain in the ass before. It turned out that I was a better person after cancer. So now I'm getting a second cancer now. So it's the, the version 3.0, like Mark 3.0 already. So you learn when you're sick, you learn. You learn about yourself a little bit more. So this is how you get to see life, bro. It's, it's you have to adapt. I mean, you're sick. Okay, good. You're alive. Become someone better. Do something even better. So that, that's what I'll try to do. I'll try to, to stay positive and help people out. And like you said, if you feel something's wrong, something off, you have a lump, you have this, you feel, go see someone, consult, like, don't, don't lose, don't wait. It could go, it could go faster. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's just crazy. So now that, you know, it's a new chapter, well, it's not even like it's over. Like, I feel like, you know, you have more to give even more, even though it's going to be in a different kind of capacity. But when things when things open up, like what what do you think the expectation is like for you and in uh, Kyokushin? What and Mar is uh, what do you what do you think your expectation will be like in terms of is it going to be more indirect or will it be direct still to a degree? Look, I believe I've done a lot. I've been I've been doing it for twenty years now. So it, you know what? I, and I wanna I wanted to be 
eventually I wanted to be a Sheehan or whatever it is. But you know what? Those things right now, it's not really important for me anymore. Like a Dan on my belt doesn't mean anything. What matters right now is I'm alive. I'm going to try to pass on the passion that I have to another person. Look, there's, there's, there's some people that the only, like they need guidance. If I can help them out to be and to achieve their true potential to a certain level, I have people that really want to teach, but they don't have the chance to teach because we have like 15 black belts or whatever it is. So you know what? It's, you have to give back to those people. Like when you're a black belt, it's, it's just starting back again. Like you're a white belt that starts over and you're, you're, you're restarting again. Like I have done, basically, I have achieved pretty much everything that I wanted in Kyokushin. I fought, I did katas, I did, I had a school. I wanted a school since I'm a green belt. And you know what? I have achieved pretty much everything in Kyokushin. Uh, I have good fighters. I have, but what my role is going to be in the, in, the, in the upcoming future, I don't really know. I guess things going to be, it's going to happen the way it's going to happen. Like I have some students that really want me back. And that feels good to read, to be honest with you. And some people are basically says, you know what, I'm going to, I'm only going to continue if you're coming back. So it's hard for you to really take a decision when you see things like that. I'm going to let everything settle. I'm going to let the dust really, like I just find out that I'm okay. I mean, I'm in remission and everything, but I have so much things I want to do. I mean, you, you know what, you have one life to do. So you, 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 you want to keep doing Kyokushin or you want to try something else? Do you want to keep Kyokushin and do something else? I want to travel. I want to go. I want to go in Italy. I want to go in Greece. I'm going to go like you want. I want to see some, some what the world has to give, and and you could do it with Kyokushin, but you. I don't know. Like I said, I really don't know. I'm mean, I'm pretty messed up right now. I know Kyokushin is 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 basically I have tattooed on my heart and everything. I'm a black belt for life. I'm, I'm certainly not going to let it go. I mean, I'm certainly going to be involved in a certain way. I'm not going to be as much involved as I was before. That's for sure. That, that I know. I'm not going to be able to teach four times a week, being there on a weekend. That's, that I'm done with this. I have some people that taking their places. You know what? It's, a, it's about basically it's a, it's a chess game. You have to place your peons and your stuff to really make it work. And that's what I want to do. Like I want to work less Kyokushin way. But the things get the, the, the I don't know if it's going to be the same. Like not not being there all the time for sure it's not going to be the same because when you're not there you're not you're not you're not talking to parents the same way and everything. So it's you know what you have to accept those things, but you need to form people. Like basically you have to give people to shine. Like it's not only about me me me. Like like I said I'm a big family, and I believe each and every person in the dojo has their own part to do, their own job to do. Shinka is going to be there for a while. That's for sure. They're not going to go away. Things are going to change, but it's it's. I'm I'm still going to be involved in no a matter of what. Like how I'm going to be involved, I don't know. But I'm going to be there. I'm going to I'm still going to be involved in a certain way. That's so awesome. yeah, we're going to see each other. We're going to see. I'm going to see Mo. I'm going to see Vince. I'm going to see uh, Russo. I'm going to see everybody. It's. Uh, but you know what? I don't know to what level. But I'll I'll still be there. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, it's really amazing. Like, I really like that attitude. And, you know, you've just done such a good job for Quebec Kyokushin. And, you know, there's like, there's like very, you know, it, it takes a lot. Like when I, when I talk, there's, there's many Shians who've done a many, a great job, many senseis, but it's like your story from today. I mean, 
it's like you're up there with like I think you're up there in terms of like the Mount Rushmore or what's the famous mountain in Quebec, you know, like where like they can put like a Mount Rushmore like of like faces because you know you've done so much, you know. It doesn't matter if you're a sensei, senpai, or or she. But you know what? Like, I, I I don't like the way, like you know what you're. I know what I did. Mm-hmm. I I know what I did because I, I like I know there's some egos in Kyokushin, Quebec or whatever it is. Like each and every person has a role to do. I mean, for me, I did. It's like you're saying basically, what well, for everything you have achieved in Quebec and everything. So you know what? I'm not a type of guy that I'm. An, I'm not a big mouth that goes and. First of all, I'm a shy guy, so when I go to tournaments, people sees me as a savage type of person because I don't really go and go talk to each and every person. I have a few sensei and shians that I like, and I usually I always sees them when I think about sensei uh, David Ritchie, uh, Stefan Marcotte, uh, those guys. I, I'm okay talking to them and everything because I know I know them a little bit more. They took the time to really know who I am. Me, I'm when I go to a tournament, I'm focused on my students, and I don't want to go and salute i know it's not maybe not respectful and go there and salute everybody shake hands and i'm not that type of guy um the people that i know that i have a lot of respect for they know it that this is what matter for me but at the end of the day i don't get i don't i don't need i don't need to be at the honorary table and everything to be looked at like i'm a good guy or whatever like, you know i have so much to learn i still consider myself even after 20 years i uh I'm not a newbie, but I don't like to have the spotlight on me. Like that, that's not that's not how I want it. Like you know what? I don't need that for me to be successful, or I don't need that little. Uh, you know what? This guy's so good. This guy because I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm a hard worker. I'm a little bit like Steve Bege in the Canadian back then. You know what? I work hard. I'm 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 successful in a certain level. But you're as such successful as your team that you have with you. Without my team, I wouldn't be anywhere. Like, like make make it cool. Like this is what it is. I have a great team with me, and it's not only about me. Like I, I wouldn't be there if Sensei Joey wasn't there and handled me that dojo in Laval, uh, and and our relationship developed as such as we're great friends now. Like one of my best friends, we're we're planning so many stuff together. And then after that, I have Paul. I have, you know what? I have guidelines. I have some people that brought me to a certain level. But it's not only about, about me. It's about my schools. It's about my students. It's about my parents. This is what matters. So for me, when I see a Shian or whatever it is, not looking at me because he thinks that I'm uh, like, you know what? I, I don't I, I don't care. I don't care. Sometimes we, we get like we get forgotten because we're not before we used to be Shian Roman Laval. People were thinking basically that's goals like Shan Roman, Shan Roman, Shan Roman. But it's Laval was always separated. They were they had their own thinking. Shan Roman was Point Claire. We were Laval and everything. And we, we I was okay with that. We were Shan I'll let Shan Roman have the spotlight because he earned it. He got like he's a hate damn today and everything. He earned it. He, what he did for Kyokushin, I was doing it for him. At the end of the day, I didn't care about having my name there. But I it became a day that says, Well, you know what? It's enough. Like, I want to have my own name. I want to have my own identities. And this is why we founded Shenka Dojo, which got what was before Shen Roman Laval. But that thing came up as a team, as a family. So it's not about me. It never will. And it, it, it never was. And it will never will, too. Like, I don't care. I'm going to give the, the credit to all my team before giving myself credit. This is how I, this is what I believe. And this is what I am. So... Having uh, Shian uh, X uh, don't, doesn't like me because I don't go talk to him or whatever it is. 
I don't really care, honestly. <laughs> I don't really mm -hmm. care. And that's the way I am. I says, I'm focusing on my students. I'm focusing on my parents. I'm focusing on my team. And that's it. Exactly. That's how I am too, like with my podcast. Like some say, oh, you got it. Yeah, but you know what? It's like you remember those who were there for you. And you know, like, and you know, like I wouldn't, this podcast has been really successful. Not because like I reached out. Yeah, I'm not going to take all the credit. But, you know, guys like who gave me that chance to have them on, like Sensei Russo, Sandro, um, Justin, um in the early days and now like it grows and it grows and then wesley yeah. jensen and darren so these are the guys that like and stensei steve fogarazzi like these are like the six or seven people that really like you know that i'm gonna have to that i want to like say you know yeah the podcast is good but it doesn't happen if they don't come on and say i'm gonna give you that shot and they really helped in terms of like developing it and helping like you know have the chemistry so yeah you know it's a team effort you know the saying goes and this is a and this is where you know i want to conclude it here where when i first met mo there's a famous picture he has on his instagram where he's walking up on the tatami with his brother and his uh friend uh, i think it was not tony spinetti uh it was another one um and he's walking up and it was the first photo i saw of him on instagram when my friend referred me to him and the photo and the quote says if you want to go fast go alone if mm. you want to go far go together and that's where i think we should definitely leave it because it's a it's you go farther when you when you decide to work together yeah that's exactly that was basically what i was saying to all my students so that's this is what it is i mean yeah you're gonna go faster but eventually you're gonna break your face somewhere so you know what surround yourself with good people you're gonna go further on that's for sure so exactly yeah, the best way you can describe it that's the best way where can people find you if they want to connect with you ever like on social media well i guess the best way to do it it's on messenger um you know what i'm not uh that that's another part <laughs> where sometimes i keep facebook only as my uh i usually put only my students in there like the people i'm uh, surrounding it's uh, my people my family and everything so don't feel like I don't like you, whatever it is. If you like, I'm not accepting friendship from another sense or whatever it is. Uh, but but again, I think Messenger is the the fastest way to do it. Um, and then after that, that's it. If we have, you know what, you're you're being friend with someone, especially when you're a sensei or shian from an organization, because you want them to go to a tournament or something like that. But I can count on my hand people that call me or text me or. Hey, how are you? You know, how was it? Or some of the people I'm sure they didn't know I had cancer and everything because I'm not I'm not really on to Facebook and tell my my life on it. But if you don't know, it's because you weren't you weren't there for me, you know what, in a certain way. So I mean, yeah, reach me on, on Messenger, but you know what? Being friends means something. If you're I'm not I'm not a type of guy that wanna have a thousand people following me on Messenger. That's not that's not a way who I am, but yeah, I'm quite sure Messenger is going to be the easiest way to do it. Uh, and that's it. So it's uh, I'm a hard guy to approach, but once you know me, I'm uh, one of the best guy you're going to get. So it's uh, that's that's the way I am. I'm not an hypocrite. So when I go to sleep at night, I have no no hard feeling or whatever it is. So it's uh, that's the way I am. Nice. Well, as mentioned, I really want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank Vince for recommending and then help having me reach out because we were wanting to do this on my last show beyond the fight but just timing was really off but now i'm glad we got to do it with video too um also 
episode, as mentioned, it's really an honor for those who have battled or battling cancer or who are about to. If you notice anything strange in your body, please get it checked out. Do not take the chance because you only have one life. And uh, and there are doctors out there that will make sure that you are taken care of and whatnot. It's a mental battle. So as mentioned, this this episode is a, is dedicated to my father, you know, Tom, who fought a valiant battle with lung cancer, beating it, then getting brain and liver and succumbing to both of them in 2014. Um, also, uh, I'm not sure if he really wants me to mention it, but, you know, he, he's been such a, a good friend already in our interaction. Nima Safapur, who lost a relative of his named Kian to uh to the disease so this episode is in honor of him and respect to him because he fought so hard and yeah anyone who's battled cancer please just know like get keep you know it's just it's a mental battle but you are stronger than you realize and uh, there are good people out there when you need help so yeah that's uh that's this episode the juice experience will be on uh youtube spotify itunes all audio platforms and uh, yeah is there anything you want to say before? Uh... Yeah, because you're you're basically talking about life. So you know what that sentence of basically people are saying? He says, uh, you, you only live once. I would say things off like on the other side, you, you die once, but you live every day. Hmm. So try to remember that and don't take anything for, for granted. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on, Mark. I really appreciate it. Thanks for it. inviting me, buddy. Anytime.